Go, said Jesus, your faith has made you well. Let us pray. Holy and gracious Father, help us to have faith such as Bartimaeus. A faith that holds on, that clings to your promises. Oh Lord, for that is what faith is. Give us your word. Give us ears to hear your promises and then give us hearts to trust them. Help us to see that Jesus is the fulfillment of all your promises. And in him, we receive all mercy and grace. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a powerful passage from Mark chapter 10. In this passage, we hear Bartimaeus cry out to Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. These words from Bartimaeus are so powerful. They're honest words. They're emotional words. They're faithful words. In fact, these words are so powerful that for 2,000 years, the church, when they've gathered, have included these words in their services. Have mercy on me. In fact, the Kyrie is, is a place where we cry out, Lord, have mercy. Or when we do our prayers. Christians for 2,000 years have, have prayed, and in between their petitions, they often say, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Or in the confession, when we confess to God, we confess for God's mercy. God, have mercy upon us. And then I get the best news in the world. I get to say to all of you, God has had mercy upon you in Christ. These, these words are so powerful. But, and the church knows that. Christians know that. You know that. But what do they mean? I mean, what does it mean when we're asking God for mercy? What does it mean when we're praying and we say, Lord, have mercy? What, what does that mean? What is the mercy of God? Well, it looks a little like this, Mark would tell us. It looks like a man named Bartimaeus who was blind and who had to beg for his livelihood. Bartimaeus has no position in society. He has no wife, no children, no future, no chance. His life consists of sitting on the side of a road begging for alms. That's what he is. He's a beggar. And yet, he's more than a beggar. Because in our reading, we see that Bartimaeus is also a man of great faith. In fact, in, in verse 47, we see his faith. Let me read to you what happens. 47. When Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, this verse is really important because there's Bartimaeus on the side of the road and people are saying, Jesus of Nazareth is coming. Jesus of Nazareth is coming. Jesus of Nazareth is a big deal. But it's interesting that Bartimaeus doesn't then call out, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. What does he say instead? He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This is really important. This distinction is very important. Jesus of Nazareth, that's a popular man who's teaching, who has, who has authority. 
But Jesus, son of David, that's a much bigger word. In fact, that's a word used in the Old Testament. It's a word that's loaded with meaning. It's, it's a charged word, phrase. Son of David is so important. Because you have to understand that, that for hundreds and hundreds of years, the people of Israel were waiting for the son of David. Remember David? David's the, the king, the good king. He slayed a giant, King David. Well, there's a prophecy, and many prophecies, that David would have a son, not just Solomon, but a descendant, one who would come from his line, and he'd bring salvation and healing to his people. In fact, Ezekiel says this, and really it's God speaking through Ezekiel, um, but Ezekiel writes this, You, the leaders of Israel, have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You've not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You've ruled them harshly and brutally. Because of this, I, and this is God speaking, I will speak for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. I will shepherd the flock with justice. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Now, Ezekiel's writing after David, so this is this, this prophecy, this looking forward to a David, a prince of David, who will come and shepherd the people, bring healing and salvation. The Bible's full of this in the Old Testament. The prophets are full of this. This is important, because when Jesus is passing by, Jesus Nazareth is coming. That's not what Bartimaeus says. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, the one who has healing in his wings, have mercy upon me. What a deep faith he has. This beggar sitting on the side of the road. How in the world does he have such a faith? Is it just dumb luck? Hardly. Now think about Bartimaeus. Where does he live? Where does he sit on the side of the road, Jericho? Who passes by him? Travelers. And what do travelers do when they're talking? Or traveling? They talk. I... <laughs> yeah, I gave it to you. And you but they talk. They share stories. They, 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 they pass the news. You don't have internet back then. You have to talk. Hey, what happened up in, in Galilee? Boy, I got a story to tell you. I mean, so he's sitting there, and he's listening to all the things that are happening about Jesus. He gets to hear about this Jesus who, who heals. He hears about Jesus who exercises demons. He hears about Jesus who teaches with authority. He probably even hears about Jesus' first sermon where he walks into the synagogue, and he reads these words. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And this is Jesus speaking. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To release the oppressed. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I imagine when Bartimaeus heard those words. Boy, he couldn't wait for Jesus to come. This isn't just simply Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus, son of David. 
Bartimaeus has been listening. Faith comes by hearing. The irony of all this, though, is that this man's blind, and yet he sees Jesus for who he really is, whereas the whole crowd who can see, they can't see Jesus for who he really is. In fact, this crowd is, is quite a rotten group, because after Bartimaeus is craw, uh, crying out for Jesus, listen to their response, verse 48. Many rebuked Bartimaeus and told him to be quiet, to shut up. Could you imagine that scene? I mean, he's blind. He's a beggar. And what does the crowd do? They tell him to be quiet. They, they, they rebuke him. What in the world is that? It seems like the crowd is getting in the way between Bartimaeus and Jesus. But they're not the only ones who seem to get in the way of Jesus. Remember way back in chapter 5 of Mark, Jairus is coming with Jesus to his house, and then some elders come up to, Bartim or to Jairus and say, Jairus, don't bother the master, your daughter's dead. And Jesus says, don't listen to them. Let's keep going. Or earlier in chapter 10, Mothers and fathers are bringing babies to Jesus. And what do the disciples do? They hinder them. Don't give them. No, no, you can't bring him to Jesus. He has too many important things to do. And Jesus rebukes his disciples. And now you have a man who's blind, crying out for mercy. And the crowd is there rebuking, telling him to shut up. Terrible, getting in the way of Jesus, hindering him from Jesus, blocking the path to Jesus. And I must ask, are we any better? I think even though we don't hinder people from coming to Jesus, at least not most of the time, how many people do we actually bring to Jesus? How many people do we bring Jesus to them? I mean, I know I'm guilty of it. I'm a pastor, and I should do a much better job of that. Remember, I've told you about my neighbors, and, you know, my neighbors, you know. They haven't come to this church. Not yet. Well, I must actually rephrase that. Because on Wednesday, my neighbor did come to church, my bookie neighbor. It was because of a funeral. This man who grew up in Westminster, who died, um, had lots of friends in this, this town. And boy, this place was full. I mean, it was, it was overflowing. And there were a whole lot of sinners here. It was great. I mean, these were the real-time type of sinners. I mean, we're all sinners. Most of us just don't acknowledge it. These are sinners. And the kind, they walk into the back of the church, into the narthex, and they look inside, and they go... I'm not walking in there. <laughs> you should have seen it. I mean, people were coming in, and they started filling up from the back pew forward. And about three-quarters of the way down, no one sat. Well, I'm thinking, <laughs> these are perfect Lutheran candidates, I'll tell you that. So we had pews open. There's 150 people at this thing. The narthex is completely full of people standing. And we have pews open. No one wanted to come in. Even my neighbor didn't want to come in. He's like, 
is there any seat back here? And we had a row of chairs back there. He's like, you can sit back here. Okay. And I was thinking to myself, why aren't we bringing them in? Well, thank God at this service when everyone's out there, the Fredericksons who are here, they start going out and bringing people in. Like, come on, come sit here. We've got an open pew. Sit next to us. And then and another family. Come on. We've got some more room. They actually started bringing them in. We didn't fill up all the pews, but they got a lot closer. Why? Because they, they went out and they brought them in. Even more, Priscilla's playing was so beautiful, and she's so patient with them. And she's playing as more people are arriving, and, and it was just, it was inviting. It was great. And then what was neat was after the sermon, you get Matt stand up, and he sings, Give Me Jesus. And this hymn, Give Me Jesus, people are listening to it, and, and it becomes, while he's singing it, those words are going into their mouth where they're saying, like, Give Me Jesus too. And so it's so beautiful because at the service where, where no one would bring him in. Some saints in the congregation went out, physically invited them in, or through music, inviting them, to, bringing them to Jesus. That's what the church is supposed to do. We bring them to Jesus. How did you come to church? Not just this congregation. How did you come to faith? Someone brought you. A mom, dad, an aunt, a grandma. That's what they do. That's what we do. But for poor Bartimaeus, when he wanted to come to Jesus, they rebuked him. They got in his way. But Bartimaeus is a stubborn man. I was sitting there going, he might be German more than is Israelite. <laughs> I think of my grandpa, so. He said this. Instead, 48 continues. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But Bartimaeus shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. People, shh, shh, shh. Son of David, have mercy on me. He's crying out to Jesus. How can Jesus not have mercy? When there's a man on the side of the road, who can't run to him, doesn't know exactly where he's at, he's blind, he's being rebuked, and yet he's calling out all the more, have mercy on me, son of David. How can Jesus not? You remember what Jesus said? Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? Son of David, have mercy on me. How can Jesus not answer that? And even now, I mean, in, in our lives, and I know we're going through a hard time, or family members are going through a hard time, cry out to Jesus for mercy. How can he not answer? He's promised to answer. So cry out to him. Bartimaeus cried out to Jesus, and Jesus had come. Bartimaeus came to Jesus. And I love what happens next in verse 51. Jesus asks him, What do you want me to do for you? This question's really important. 
Because in the same chapter, verse 36, Jesus asked James and John, What do you want me to do for you? He asked them. This is their reply. Let one of us sit at your right and the other on your left in your glory. And Jesus says, you do not know what you're asking for, right? You disciples, you have no clue. But this blind man, when he's asked, he wants mercy. And he simply says to Jesus, Rabbi, I want to see. I'm not talking glory here. I just want to see. I want your mercy. Jesus heals him right on the spot. How can he not? It's the very nature of who God is. And yet, there's something I want to impress upon you, though. Because this word mercy is more than just a wish. This, too, is a charged word used all throughout the Old Testament. Mercy is a word used for the relationship between God and his people. When his people cry out for mercy, they're not simply saying, oh, give us our heart's desire. They're not simply saying, you know, um, if you might. It's, re- it's based on a relationship. And so when the people of God ask for mercy, it's based on a covenant. It's a based on when God has made a promise, they're saying, stick to your promise. And this is really important because when the Israelites sinned against God in the wilderness... God goes, I want to wipe them out. What does Moses do? He comes up to God and he says to them, mercy. And then he says, you made a promise, God. You made a covenant with them. You said you will be their God and they will be your people. You got to stick to your promise, God. And God relents. Well, this, isn't that exactly what Bartimaeus is doing? He's effectively saying to God, God, you promised that when, the, when your son of David comes, he will bring salvation and he will bring healing to those who are blind. God, I am blind and he's the son of David. Why haven't you delivered? Mercy, Lord Jesus. Hold true to your promises, Lord Jesus. God, you have to be accountable to what you say. Mercy. And God is not a liar. And so when he stands up and holds the promises of God before Jesus, Son of David, have mercy. The man who's broken, filled with brokenness, but faith. How can God not answer that prayer? And so Jesus says, go, your faith has healed you. And then what's so beautiful, he's free, he can see, and what does he do? Immediately he received his sight, and then instead of sitting on the side of the road, he follows Jesus along the road, which leads into Palm Sunday, where there's people following him along the road, and what are they doing? They're taking off their cloaks, and they're saying, Hosanna, son of David. He seems to be the first one who started this parade as he's taking off his cloak, as he's saying, Son of David, as he's following Jesus on the road. The point in all of this is this, as it relates to our service, as it relates to your life. When we say, God, have mercy, it's not wishful thinking. 
We're saying, God, you've promised things to us, and we're asking that you deliver them. God, you've promised forgiveness in Christ. Most merciful God, we confess that we're in bondage to sin, can't forgive ourselves, right? You've promised forgiveness. We're sinners. We need it. Mercy, Lord. Or when we're praying, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. You've promised, Lord, that where two or more are gathered, that you will hear their prayer and answer their prayer. Mercy, Lord Jesus. That's the life of faith. I know there's days when it's so hard to have mercy or to cry out for mercy because our faith's breaking under the strain of our life and the pain of everything. It's at those times when, when we just have to either call me up or call some a fellow Christian up. Say, pray with me because I can't even believe the promises anymore. And together we'll say, have mercy, Lord Jesus. That's what the life of faith is. And so let us go. Let us go into this world that's, that's plagued by sin, death, and the devil. Let us go with our sin and our doubts. But let us go holding on to the promises of God, saying, mercy, Lord Jesus, mercy, son of David, for you bring salvation and healing to your people. Mercy in this place and in our lives, in our family, in our neighborhoods, in this country. Mercy, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.